Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podsite, everyone. Uh, this is Carlo, of course, uh, your brave host, and he is joined by a full cast of the editors of Pseudopod, the what is it, the horror podcast from Escape Artists, the, the uh, weekly horror short fiction for the last fifteen years. Fifteen <laughs> years before you know before uh, anyone decides to claim Pseudopod as the premier <laughs> new <laughs> podcast. Uh, get, getting some podcastle flashbacks, I know. Yeah. I can't believe no one's used it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, so I am joined here. All the pseudos are in the pod, actually. Uh, I'm joined by Alice, Alex Hofflich. Good, good afternoon, evening Hello. thing. <laughs> Hello. Hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. really matter because whenever you're listening to us, that that's that's the time that's that the it time. is. Wherever you are, that's time, where you're at. Time has no meaning. All is fuel. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Cat Day. Hello, Cat. Hello. I where I am is night. Say so good night. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's right. always night. It's always night here. It's oh, true. No. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we know why you're on this podcast then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so, and lastly, uh, but not leastly, uh, Sean Garrett. Hey, Sean. Good hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. All right. So um, I uh, I reached out to all y'all because uh, full disclosure to everyone listening, I uh, I had some communications due to a forthcoming story that I'll be having with you guys. Uh, one of the flash on the borderlines uh, things, um, yes. which uh, which uh, I was very surprised and happy to to actually place with you guys but um other than that uh we we started talking and uh decided that why not bring you on i i feel like i i should have done that ages ago but um but yeah so we got talking about uh you know sort of like the different stories that sort of you know you excited you got you interested in becoming uh you know part of the pseudopod team because i'm assuming that no one here sort of sprang entirely from like the brow of zeus wanting to be on pseudopod <laughs> from birth um, True. i mean I, if you are please speak up that would be <laughs> I, I have an exclusive on this one um and obviously uh you know other stories that have stuck with you perhaps gave you nightmares what have you and so uh that started sort of like an, an interesting uh group of different stories that uh all of you had recommended to me and i listened to 
all of them except one because I forgot. <laughs> Sorry, Sean, that's my failing. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> all right, but we could we could still talk about it because I can still listen to it, it, it being a podcast. I can still listen to it later. Um, so uh, I guess uh, do do we want to get into like uh, who all of you are at Pseudopod? Sure. Um, I well. Sean, as the eldest sage here, should probably go first. Well, uh, Alex and I are the um, co-editors. Um, I was sole editor, and I took over from Ben. Ben, is that correct? Alex, yeah, help me ben, out. Yes, Ben Phillips. Ben Phillips. That's right. I, I couldn't couldn't get the full name um, uh, for a while, and then um, Alex came in. And uh, we have had uh, from time to time various uh, assistant. As what are, is what are we using as as cat's term Assi again? Is it uh, assistant cat, editor? Cat's assistant editor. As assistant yeah. editor. Yes. Um, we've had the assistant editors uh, over time, and cat is currently in that role. So uh, that's the three of us. So excellent. Yeah. All right. So, um, and I'm guessing that all of you have, I mean, Alex, you seem to have a broad knowledge of horror. Uh, was there anything that, um, is that like your, your, your primary, uh, genre of choice? I, it is, it is now. It, and I'm, I'm still trying to catch up with Sean. Uh, <laughs> okay. For, fair uh, enough. Uh, out of it, it's, it's all, all of my knowledge is in in an attempt to uh, catch up with Sean, and I get to help <laughs> fill in some of the areas that he just doesn't care about. Yeah, he's he's great with all the modern stuff that I just <laughs> have no, I don't have the time. I'm too busy looking backwards to look forward. So, <laughs> oh, so you're, you're like you're like the co-editor's uh, Janice, right? One's looking forward, right. one's looking yes. backwards. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, well, so. Well, we're Go gonna ahead. work on. Uh, no, we're gonna re relocate the bust of Janus to a much more prominent location in the uh, Pseudopod Towers now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, yes, excellent. So, um, I guess we could we could get into some of the stories that all of you recommended. Uh, and and one of the first ones because when we were initially uh, talking about doing this episode, uh, you you listed uh, the stories that all of you sort of you know, championed from the slush pile that you'd picked out or, or, or were sent up to you as the case may be. And you sort of guided them through the entire process. Uh, and so, um, I guess, uh, do we want to do, uh, well, yeah, actually, Alex, let's go ahead with you and then we can go on with, uh, cat's selection. Um, I don't remember if I'm sorry, uh, Sean's selection, I should say. Uh, I don't remember if, uh, Kat, well, actually Kat has one that is forthcoming, right? Do we yes. want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I, nope. because I am the baby of the team, uh, I only, I only joined a cop. I only joined Pseudopod, uh, when was it, Alex? 2019? Yeah, I think I think it's twenty nineteen in the before uh, times. In the before times, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and then I took over from Karen Bovemeyer as assistant editor. Uh, so I think it's it's 
Good as well that we keep a Brit on the staff. I think Alistair feels <laughs> feels happier if there's if there's a Brit on the staff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I have. Um, I I I guess I kind of look at things from a different. I have a different perspective, probably. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, which is hopefully good. <laughs> yes. Oh, ab- absolutely. Of course. Uh, <laughs> well, and honestly, you 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 are helping show us some of the blind spots that that we've got, like. Unsurprisingly, the UK reaction to things like 9-11 and corporate horror and bad medical um, (laughs) structures are very different than than ours. Yeah, it's it's true. It's true, yeah. There there were some of them where I I didn't realize that that was one of my blind spots till cats like, yeah, I don't get this at all. This is very silly. And I'm like, no, no, that that's what I drive into every day. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we have like sick leave here and uh, yeah. and, holiday, and and like holiday pay and, uh, and, you know, stuff like that. And like maternity leave and things that yeah, are... It, it, I'm just imagining both of you going like, oh, sweet summer child. You don't understand the, the perils of getting sick in the U.S., do you? Uh, I can't, Well, I kind of do, but it sounds horrific. Um, oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not the getting sick that's b- bad. It's the consequences of thereof that, yeah. yeah it, the it's financial good. ruin that follows, yes. Well, yes. And, and, it, and it being tied to you being able to work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that is, that, that's one of the absolutely fun things you know thanks world war ii they decided to use that as an incentive to to keep americans um employed you know hey we're gonna recruit you so we're gonna pay for your health care so let's attach it to you being employed if you're not employed good luck (laughs) or self-employed or contracted (laughs) good luck with that um so yeah yeah I, i could definitely understand that um so yeah, there's some of that coming up in 2022. Just just so y'all know. Excellent. Here's yeah. your warning. Here's your content <laughs> warning. <laughs> Watch out. But I think I think that's something that we all like though, isn't it? The uh the the horror in real life. Yeah. Um yeah. that and when and when you see that kind of mirrored in stories that is always very powerful. So it's kind of, there's two layers to a story. You know, you have the speculative kind of imaginary monster side of the story, but then underneath that, you can see the analog with what is really going on in the world. Um, and I know I, I really like that sort of thing. I think we all like that sort of thing. That's that's what horror is for, isn't it? Is to process those difficult realities and try and make sense of them and also try and make them um, somehow a little bit easier to swallow, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And it's also worth uh, noting that one of the things that we try to achieve, or at least I've always been shooting for, is to kind of throw the audience curveballs so that they don't know what they're getting every week, you know, and we can go from one style to another. You know, this is a straight up monster story. This is a survival horror story. This is a bit of a metaphor story, you know, and and I just think that it, it actually probably in the short term works against us because you'll always have people that just they have their internal definition of what horror is. And it's only one thing. 
And so they find it annoying. You know, they maybe they hit us exactly on the right story, and oh, this is great. And even the next week, maybe they they get. It. But then the third week, they're like, "What the hell is this?" You know. But I hope over time, you know, that the people begin to realize that no, you know, these are all different valid approaches to uh, to the idea, and just you know, just go with it. And if you don't like it, then you know, come back next week and find out what we got then. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And. And something that's 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 worthwhile is um and I've found really delightful over the years is not it, you can't find anybody who loves every single episode. Yeah. Not even on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> and uh the and but every single episode is somebody's favorite. Mm. Every single one. Um I I have one of one of the things that I regularly ask folks, um, if they actually recognize what I do out in the wild, is I ask them, well, "What's your favorite episode?" And I find that an interesting lens in into who they are. That gives me a little bit of okay, this is uh, if that's their favorite episode, then they're they're probably this zone of of horror fan. It gives me something more to talk about, and it, I just store every single one of these data points um in my head of okay especially the 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 ones outside of uh the the normal and uh i'll use that as a transition to talk about uh championing stuff from uh the slush pile because i think that's I think that's where the question was. So one of the one of the responses that pleased me the most is just random. What's your favorite episode? And they said, Cavar the Rat. And I'm like, that is super random. I love it. And that that's one of the ones that <laughs> now that one, I may not have actually championed it. I did find it in the slush pile. It's a fantastic um, translation of a pulp era Dutch story. Um and I, I did. I, I, yes. Yeah. I, I pulled it out of the pile and I sent it up to Sean. And, you know, I think that was an easy sell. I think the, the harder sell right about the same time um, was uh, David Nichols story Looker, which was another one that, that I pulled out of the, uh, the the slush pile back in ye olden times where we had a shared email account <laughs> and we all just logged in and it was divided up by alphabet like we could just have three my god that's three... right we used to do that i totally forgot that <laughs> yep and we and we moved stories into the the folders for the different slushers and when right. we were done we picked it up out of the folder and we sent it to uh we sent it up to sean and um <laughs> Now, David David Nickel writes a lot of really fantastic modern horror, um, and we've run him a number of times over the years. Uh, uh, the knife fight is absolutely hey. perfect story, um, and I, I I try to go out and plug it every time we get into political season because um, that that one is it works as a story and it's also a political metaphor um uh but you know looker the just the the imagery in it and the characters and the emotion just you know really really hooked me and uh that that that's one that i was you know cheering a a, a little bit more and 
trying to make sure that we uh, we we picked that one up. Yeah, that, that was uh, I, I got to admit that's a very strange one. Yeah, uh, but it really works in the end. Um, I, yeah, I, I I did I did find so um. I do agree that uh, like uh Kavar the Rat was really interesting uh to me at least because it it felt I think you're absolutely right like in, right off the bat it feels very uh pulpy almost like a like it almost borders on some sword and sorcery stuff yeah um like that grittiness that you get in that pulp uh era um it yep. it just was really interesting, but yeah, Looker is more modern um, and more uh, just weird. It's got a weird, also like a weird, uh, almost psychosexual component to it. Psychosexual body horror. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, very strange. Uh, yeah, I I, and, I do. And you Go know ahead. you should feel uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. you're not entirely. To mm -hmm. really yeah, effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Sean, you had mentioned uh, your selection was Hometown Horrible. Right. And that just sticks in my memory specifically because that was in the period where I was uh, slush reading um, and uh, for the for the podcast. And I was the only slush reader back when that was humanly possible, whereas now we get like <laughs> a thousand submissions per submission period and no but no one human being could do it but uh right back then it was just me and uh i got this story hometown horrible and the reason that it's always sticks in my memory is because it was the very first time and i guess this was what 2009 so it's like 22 no can't be 22 uh, 10 19 uh, yeah uh, whatever uh 11 years ago mm -hmm. um it uh it was the first time that I ever read something, and and this comes back to something that I often tell people when they're starting with the slushing, which is that the funny thing about this job, about reading submissions, is that the easiest thing are great stories, because you just send them up to us, and <laughs> the next easiest are terrible stories, because you just reject them, but the, the hardest thing are middle-range stories, because, you know... Either they don't work and, like, why don't they work? Because you want to be able to tell the person. Or they kind of work, but why isn't it totally working? And now i got to figure out. And then you have to decide, you know, whether it's worth going to the author or not and saying, you know, we really like this, but, you know. And that was the case with Hometown Horrible. It just, it was a really great idea for a story that, the ending wasn't there and it was my first experience of of having to sit down parse that all out and then go oh boy do i have the right to like how do i approach the idea of you know going to a writer and saying okay the problem is the ending and I can think of about like four different ways you could go, but do you you know do you want to hand you don't want to hand him the ending? Cause that's a, kind of an insult, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like so. So in this case, I just I I did the kind of gestures, you know, thing of well, you know, what I, we, here's what you're building up towards, but then it doesn't pay off. So figure out a way to pay it off. Maybe something like and yeah, you know, and I just kind of gestured towards. What is looking for, and he turned in a great payoff, and uh, and so it's you know it's to me it's always an example of that that you could that there can be stories that 
you know, might be might be ninety percent there, but they just need that little bit over the end, and you know, the, the author can do it. You know, <laughs> we've we've had that more than a few times. So, uh, but that was the first one. So, <laughs> yeah, I so um and and as I was listening to Hometown Horrible, it it just really evoked. It was sort of like a Wisconsin based H.P. Lovecraft character, right? Yeah, where yeah. they're they're sort of an awful, sort of racist and but also backwards looking author, um, but it also weirdly, and this is maybe I'm bringing something else to it. It reminded me of uh, did, Have you ever read uh, Joe Hill's um, uh, Years Best Horror? Oh yeah, yeah. It oh, reminded yeah. me a lot about of that same sort of feeling where it's like this weird the way that the story turns right before the end and and actually like it becomes sort of like a like the, the actual author becomes a character in the story. Right. Yes, it becomes metatextual in a weird way, you know. Yeah, right? so, yeah. yeah. It, 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 I I think like that's where like I I was into it, and then that made my ears prick up. I was like, wait, whoa, 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 what? Um, which is really an interesting trick to pull, um, which, I mean, it uh, that a trick makes it sound sort of cheap, but actually it's a very good <laughs> – it's a very good trick to pull in this case. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, and, and if I remember correctly, the – the ending that he had previous and like I said, it's been quite a while, so I'm not sure I totally remember it, but it was just, it was flat. It didn't have that kind of inventive payoff, you know, mm. of, uh, of taking it somewhere more right at the end where you suddenly go, oh, you know, like, oh, there's way more going on here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This, I, I do have to agree that the, the ending sort of gathers up these little threads that have been sort of left hanging uh, previously in the story and sort of gathers them all up and sort of ties them all up really nicely. Um, yeah, I, I, I was really interested. This, this was really interesting. Uh, listen slash read for me. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess. So again, assuming that none of you were born straight from Zeus's brow in, in as a pseudopod uh, staff member, um, what were the stories that? Um, I mean, how did you come to listen to pseudopod, and what made you want to join? Shall I go? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, sure. you go first. Okay, you're, you're, yeah. you're the most recent edition. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I so back in. Um, 2015 that was when my youngest daughter was born and i i had always wanted to, to write uh but i hadn't really got round to it and and things i felt like things changed at that point and i kind of thought right that's it i'm going to settle down i'm going to get on with this so so i i started i started um actually putting to putting things together and i kind of got into the community a bit more and and I met Matt Dovey, who is uh, works for he's the host now at Podcastle. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time, he he wasn't anything to do with Podcastle. But he joined Podcastle, which started me listening to Podcastle. And of course, once you start listening to one escape artist <laughs> podcast, you find yourself slowly but surely 
drawn into all the others. Uh, and all is fuel. That's right. That's how it happens. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I got drawn into pseudopod and i have to confess pseudopod and cast of wonders probably are my favorites um don't tell the others i said that uh, but um I- yeah the rest of escape <laughs> artists uh, don't listen to this part yeah they won't do it it's fine um i it's just yeah i i the thing about yeah the thing about pseudopod is that it it covers such a wide range. Uh, it's kind of what Sean was saying earlier. You know, it's it's never the same thing. I'm sure the others would say the same sort of thing as well. But I, I feel like it, you know, because it's horror, right? So horror can be science fiction, uh, much as we sort of try and avoid that a bit. But it is occasionally, <laughs> you know, it can have a fantasy element. It can have, it can even have like a a, a young adult. Uh, element up to a point you know it kind mm-hmm. of covers everything it doesn't even have to be speculative horror mm-hmm. you know it can be historical i've seen some great bits of horror that are that are just based on real life events well i mean um, uh, to, to your point cat like i was just I, I was answering somebody that that on 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 twitter earlier today mm-hmm. and they were asking about like a sci-fi author and i was like immediately thought of like uh, Octavia Butler's Kindred is a horror story. Like that is a horrific mm-hmm. story. I mean, also like I, I would, I would probably also catalog like Peter Watts's Blind Sight as basically a cosmic horror story that that is hard science fiction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, they're they're not cataloged as that specifically, but they definitely have those elements in them. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's it's that broad range, and uh, I ended up talk i was i wanted to get into some slush reading for the experience i ended up talking to alex uh i got sucked in that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of where it, but um i mean if it in terms of stories that kind of really drew me in i i will always say uh the jam jam kwai i can never quite pronounce it jam kwai it is jam kwai yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean i remember i i remember exactly where i was when i heard the story <laughs> oh my god i was i was driving in my car and i was driving i know exactly what road i was on at least you were exactly, cooking <clears throat> yeah <laughs> well and i know yeah i can i can pin it to the to the meter Right, because it just it just got inside my head that story, and it's the way it starts as just a completely domestic. Uh, it's just completely domestic, sort of normal kind of situation where oh, there's a little bit of tension with the family, um, and there's something little going on there, but it's not. You know, it's the sort of thing that everyone has to deal with all the time kind of thing. And then suddenly, it, it well, not suddenly, that's the whole point, actually. Slowly, it, oh, it, it, <laughs> it grab. you know, it turns into something so horrible that just... Slowly basting you in your own juices. <laughs> exactly. I mean... And, oh, Kat, and it just... Kat, mm. I, I just want to say that I was just like listening to this and I'm like... Kept on looking at how long was left, and was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> and at the end of it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is like was this written by a vegan? Because it's really it's really effective. <laughs> like I don't want to." 
I don't want to listen to this anymore. Oh, and and Summer Fletcher t- did such a fantastic uh, job yeah, inhabiting yeah. that narration. Just major yeah. major kudos there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just. I mean, it is kind of my favorite thing where it just starts. Everything starts very normal, and it's all fine, and then it kind of slowly isn't. And and that that was the the story that got me hooked too. Is starts out normal, and it, it it's a a perfectly normal situation. Mine was a uh, connecting door uh, oh. by Richard Dansky, and you know for for the longest time I had I'd been you know oh yeah my friends are doing this thing on the internet. I've I'd known uh, Ben Phillips uh, back in college, so. I've known him longer than the, the the podcast been around and it's just like, oh yeah, my friends are doing this thing on the internet, whatever. And it took me several years to finally catch up and realize, oh, and that story, that's the one where it's like, oh, this is brilliant. This is, I, I had not thought about horror in an audio aspect before because I, I grew up in the era where audiobooks were tapes and you had to, <laughs> you know, 18 eight, of them. <laughs> eight, yeah, 18 of them for a book and you had to flip them over and they they ended, you know, it didn't matter where they ended. It just so I just didn't do audio fiction. I I love this new digital, you know, uh just vista that that, that we have uh in front of us. But yeah, that was that was the first one I had done enough traveling and there's nothing worse than being in a hotel. And you've got people partying next door and all you want to do is sleep. And because of that one, even to this day, whenever my wife check into a, a hotel, uh, it, we, we always go, fuck, fuck, fuck. Just to the obnoxious neighbors through the door, just tormenting this guy who just wants to sleep. Well, He's I got mean, a it's, meeting in the morning. It's such it's such a great thing because it sets everything up because nothing good ever happens at like three in the morning, right? No. <laughs> if you're awake no. at three in the morning, nothing good is happening to you. And I, I feel like um a part of part of the uh the story I mean a, a, apart from Dansky being, you know, sort of writing a brilliant story, um, which also I did not know that he was involved with Wraith, the Oblivion. Yes. Which, I mean, obviously he's bringing some of that knowledge here, but, but the, the fact that, uh, is it George Robb? Um, yeah. The narrator invests these, uh, neighbors in the adjoining, you know, the, the connecting, you know, in the next door hotel room, uh, with like a very Jersey accent, which is a yes. funny, a mm-hmm. funny, funny detail, but also like slowly begins to really grate at you and make things even worse. Yeah. Because like, this isn't set in Santa Monica, California, not in Jersey. Right. Um, and you're like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, why are there a couple of pineys partying in the room next door? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a fantastic story, and I feel like uh, you know it's one of those stories where you know where it's going to end up, but you're along for the ride anyway. Yeah. Um. It's. I. I really enjoyed it. Uh. Also, 
uh, folks, if you haven't played Rate the Oblivion. Also, uh, I would say that you have to find the right group to play Rate the Oblivion. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that's another story. Um, uh, yeah. It, it, it requires a very, it requires a very solid group. It require, requires a very good GM. And that, that's one of the reasons that I'm friends with uh, Ben Phillips is he was my Wraith GM in, oh. in college. And he's he's one of the the, the small handful of folks that, that could pull it off. It's it's such a it is unlike any other gaming experience that, that you've done tabletop. Yeah, it's it's uh, if we can do a brief aside, uh, one of the really interesting things about this is the reason that you need a, a good group to play it is because um, the other characters, one of the other character, the other players needs to then adopt your character's shadow uh, archetypal, you know, sort of very Jungian shadow type of thing, which then sort of whispers all these awful things about you. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's basically a, um, it's a game that is, would, would be just be a trigger warning for any of the one that has suffers any depression. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Sean, you had, uh, one of the flash stories, uh, called exit is exit exam section three survival skills. Question number seven. Right. And, and while this story uh, came out, came onto the show at the time that I was, um, slash reading. Uh, I did not read this story. Uh, you know, so I heard it on the show for the first time ever. And, uh, I, I would, I would actually say the only thing I would have done if I'd read it as a slash reader was maybe get them to have a different title. Cause I have a, a, a story from years ago that I wrote. Uh, for a creative writing class that has a very similar title. That is to say, it's co almost completely unmemorable. You know, you, you always, <laughs> I always, whatever I think of the story, I'm always like, oh, it's the werewolf pedophile story. You know, like, and I don't, you know, I never remember what the title is. I always have to go back and look again. Um, oh, but, but yeah, is, you know. It's oh, something we, we've joked about, isn't it? About the, the titles. We do get a lot yeah. of the same titles. <laughs> the <laughs> hand. Yes. Yeah, the pit. Yes, the, the, the pit. We had three the pits. The, you know, yeah, this last yeah. Time. Baby and mother are yeah. also very popular. Don't yeah. title your story Baby, Mother, or Red. Yes. Red anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, yeah, the same titles do come up again and yeah. again. But um, <laughs> So in my case, uh, the short version would be this. I grew up loving horror, uh, horror movies, horror fiction, horror short stories, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was born, uh, or I grew up in the 70s, so I'd go to the bookmobile and get all these collections of old stories and things like that. I was also a big fan of CBS Radio Mystery Theater at the time, uh, in the 70s, was on the radio, uh, one of the last gasps of radio drama, and so I really grew to love that form, and I can remember distinctly at, w at the point when I tried to listen to books on tape, which is a different thing, uh, because it's just reading of fiction, uh, which is what we do. Uh, but my very first experience of that was probably the worst thing you could have ever picked because it was a guy reading um, uh, Turn of the Screw by Henry James. And James will write, like, a, a sentence that's a half a page long. So, like, it's just not the thing that com does very well as a an audio fiction uh, piece. And so I always kind of had in my, the back of my mind this idea that just reading fiction out didn't work. 
And many, many years later, I was down in Florida doing a job and was there for about two years. And I had a commute, which I didn't normally have. And hey, there's, you know, there's this new thing on the internet called podcasts. And all right, well, let's see. And I was like, oh, look, a horror one. And so I think I picked up listening to Pseudopod probably within the first few months that it had started. Um, I think maybe like almost maybe three months into it. Um, and... Uh, as I was saying before, we went we went live with this recording. Uh, I wasn't a big fan, and I used to drop uh, Ben Phillips's very kind of you know not not nasty because I'm not nasty, but just these little like pointed little you know critical comments. And at some point, you know, he said, "Hey, you know, do you want to read Celeste? I was like, "Okay, um, okay, but- buddy, put your money where your mouth is." Exactly, <laughs> you know, and yeah, boy, you you sir, you you quickly learn, you know that your concepts of things are not as uh, locked in as you thought they were. But um, having said that, uh, so um, the, they had, this is Flash on the Borderlands 1, this, this episode from 2009. Wow. And I, um, again, as I was saying before we started recording, I was not that big of a fan of Flash. I just, I, did, I, I thought it was kind of a cheat, and it seemed to me a way that, like, writers would could like make use of an idea without putting the work into turning it into a story, you know, and, uh, and no, but, but it's true because a lot of times it's just like, this is the idea and I'm out, you know, sure. <laughs> now that's not true. Which, of which brings us full circle why we're here because the, the flash that does Build yes. a, a build that whole story are are the ones that succeed and, and uh it's it's evident with the 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 flash fiction contests you've got yeah. um yeah the the stuff that that rises to the finals are things where okay they've got the idea they've got the characters and they've got the the full realization all in a super compact space and that is a special level of craftsmanship when when you can do all three and you know carlo didn't just kind of sneak his way into the flash fiction contest he <laughs> took first place uh, yeah. so and um and that that's a thing where i love that we do that about every 6 months we rotate through the four podcasts and um, it's anonymized and it's over on our forums and the stories are actually voted on by the forum members. So anybody can join and be a part of the competition, read the stories and say, okay, those are my favorites. And it, it kind of democratizes the, uh, the, the whole process. Mm. And I, I will say that um, obviously I, I was sort of lurking about, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to like, comment too much juke juke anything any which way but but i will say that uh you know the the people that are in there in the forums are very like it's a varied group of people and uh they definitely have different ideas about different like i think it's it's to what cat was saying that that it there is a good uh spectrum of the uh, forum goers that cover different areas of horror and they are very particular about certain things and and like very they very much like certain things and they don't mm. like other things and that's fine uh it, it is it is really interesting to to watch because it, I, I was just sort of like watching it as sort of an outsider uh 
as as the process was going. Uh, so just to say it, to, to it, with exit exam, what it, it ended up being was a it's an it's a great story, and b it was a story that made me have to go, oh okay, some of this flash stuff can be good. And why is that? And so I started thinking about what would ma- what makes good Flash, you know. And then when I took over from Ben, um, I began to realize that oh, you know, we have these Flash stories, and they kind of like clog up the system. I really need to institute some kind of thing where we just like, why don't we just do it four times a year? And then I was like, and it should be themed, you know, because God knows <laughs> I can always, you know, find another reason to make life uh, more difficult for myself. Uh, so you know, it just became that uh, that kind of thing. But mm. but that that story, it's a great story. It also, I just, I like, um, how can I put it? I like discomforting. Uh, I like how discomforting. Uh, it is, and I like the opportunity to occasionally discomfort the audience with topics like that, that, yeah, that, you know, we, we don't, we're not going to, to really, you know, uh, ultra disturb the audience with any kind of, God knows, seeing some of the stuff we get submitted, uh, you know, child abuse and that kind of stuff. But having said that, it is part of the world and it is a horrible part of the world and it should show up occasionally. So I just thought that it was a, it was, it's a brilliant piece of flash. So. And random history lesson, the, the dirty secret for why flash on the borderlands and, and flash compilation episodes came about at escape artists in the first place is thank you for hanging out this long. Now you get a, a weird, uh, you know, back end sort of, uh, behind the curtain story. <laughs> it was to stretch the budget. Oh, um, three yeah, flash sense. stories is $60. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, back at that point in time, we were paying a flat rate, hundred, hundred bucks for every full length story, 20 bucks for every, um, flash length story. And so three flash length stories was $60 and a full length story was a hundred. So it was just cheaper to do that. Also, um, flash had been just released into the feed like once a month, here's a bonus flash story. So that's a net drain on on the budget so it was a great way for the company to just kind of tighten things up just a little bit and stretch the funds a little bit farther in order to be able to you know continue to provide stories on a regular basis so, yeah that makes sense um yeah and and uh honestly uh sean you are absolutely correct because i i, I think we had been talking a little bit about this um uh, before we started. And this is definitely one of those flash stories that points gestures, if you will, or hints at something outside of itself. And it felt very like that second section, like the question seven B felt very much of a, of a piece with like, Oh, he's, he's, he's sort of pointing at little red riding hood type stuff. Right. 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 And, uh, that's where I was like, Oh, interesting. Interesting. It's, it, it's horrific, but also it, it reminded me of, um, of the, the central sort of moral question in, uh, an American werewolf in London, right. (laughs) Where his buddy Griffin shows up every once in a while and says, Hey buddy, I can't, I can't go on to the afterlife until you're dead. So yeah, Yeah, well, you know, that's one of the things I often say when people 
you know, make jokes about werewolves and the whole, oh, but if you don't kill them with silver, then what are they, immortal or whatever? I'm like, it's a curse. You know, it's like it's no nobody's coming out the other end of this happy, <laughs> you know? No guy's walking around going like, yeah, I'm a werewolf. Nobody can take me down, you know? It's just like. Um, and it's funny because... And, and uh, this is where we make a sidelong glance to the things that um, White Wolf might not have <laughs> d- had a positive impact on our genre with. Um, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I, I was just going to say the other thing is this story, the uh, exit exam story, thinking of it made me remember that I'd also got gone and asked Ben if he could get the rights to... Uh, is this Is this a horror story? Uh, which is similar in in the fact that it's basically about a guy who is I forget what I forget the exact details of it, but he's like cleaning his basement or his attic or something uh, in some new house he's just bought, and the person before it I think died, and he finds this cache of photos that are more and more disturbing uh, as it goes on, and he just has to like. You know, it ends, it's a very short story. I remember Ben sending me a thing saying, hey, I just be- it's paid full price for a story that's flashlight. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm sorry. I should have. But <laughs> having said that, uh, it ends with a wonderful line, which is, as he begins to realize the effect that these photos are having on him, which is that, is this a horror story or is this too? You know, and it's and you're like, oh, geez, you know. So, yeah, the, the, you know, the, you can you can pack a lot, you can pack a big punch into a small package if you're paying attention as a writer, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can, and and the the reason I love Flash because I think Flash is probably my natural uh, <clears throat> mode, I guess, for want of a better word, is. I feel like when people do flash well, every sentence is doing about three different things. Mm. And I feel like that is that is such a level of skill to get that right. And yeah. it's just when it works, it's it's so it's so perfect. Because you, you kind of you hear it and then you think, oh, but oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of in your head, you're going through that like, uh, oh, like more is coming to you that hasn't been said even, but there is kind of the implications of what you're reading and what's coming, you know. And uh, I just I think that's that's why Flash can be so powerful when it works is because it just makes you, you know, it makes you do that. You know, like that story, that Hayley Piper story which I am now going to have forgotten the title. Help me. Feast for Small Pieces. Yeah? Mm-hmm. that The one we've just, the one we've just yes. run. Uh, yes. We yes. ran on December 31st as part yes. of our, an end of our anthology and collection showcase. Yeah, it, because I had read that two or three times, and then uh, I listened to it, and I was still picking things out of that. Hmm. And thinking, oh, yeah, it's about this. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe it's not maybe it's about this <laughs> oh wait oh hang on i missed that sentence before on the other hand like and then this is amazing because i mean how long is that story alex it's oh uh, 750 words i think is it is it because it, it's am- that is amazing how much Haley piper just oh yeah crams into 750 words and like, and it yeah and it there, there's a reason that that's the story that kicks open the door in Haley's uh, collection, the unfortunate, 
unfortunate elements of my anatomy that just came out last year. Um, listen to our, our episode from New Year's Eve. If you like that, go pick up the book. It, it's completely worth your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Pseudopod 791, if I'm not mistaken. So that sounds uh, correct. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. All right. And so uh, I guess we could uh, let, let's move on to, um, I guess, the narrator, uh, a, a story that the narrator elevated the material. And I believe um, we have one from Sean and one from Kat. Uh, both of which were like completely like very like I do not doubt <laughs> at all after listening to these that you are correct. Um, <laughs> the uh, Sean, you had uh, mentioned the Coven of Dead Girls, yes, uh, by Laren Ogle, yes, uh, narrated by uh, is it Nika Harper? That's correct. Uh, wow. Yeah, and wow. uh, <laughs> congratulations to Laren for quitting her day job and going <laughs> to do something else. Get the fuck out of the ER. <laughs> I, I respect you for lasting this long. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I just want to say about this reading that this was a reading. I do the auditings when the readings come in. That is to say, I listen to them and make sure that they're or do little editings. If things got missed or if, well, seemingly, for some reason, everybody always forgets to say "red by" and their own name. But um, uh, in this case, I quite literally like was playing the story as I'm usually doing, doing, which is in the background while I'm doing something on the screen. And when it got to the end of the story, I was just like, "Holy shit!" And I was like, "Boy, the next meeting, I got to tell everybody. They got to know. You know, they've they've got to know that this." This reading is gonna, you know, really make an impact, and we got very good reaction from the audience from it, as you know, it deserves because it's an amazing reading. It really is. Yeah, it's it's a very like honestly, it it's very raw, um, like it really sort of yanks out uh, an emotional response. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I do think. Uh, Kat, you had mentioned Closet Dreams. Yeah, that's 785. So that's another recent one. I, again, it's another one that I had read a couple of times uh, as text, you know, and then, and I, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't listened to it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, it, it has, it has a very powerful ending. Mm. God, and, yes. and, but then, I just, I feel like Julie just really nails that. Like you're listening to it and you're just trotting along with it and you're like, okay, this is fine. Everything's fine. Everything's, f- oh shit. Mm. <laughs> 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 and, and it's just, the, the, you know, the kind of the sense of despair and, oh, it's, it's, I just, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's a really, I think that's a really good, and just horrible. It's really horrible. Oh like, God, not- <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, was it Julie Hoverson really brings yeah. this um, this sort of quality mm. that is just dancing right on the edge of hopefulness and just outright despair that really works. Yeah. And it's so so good when you know when you get to the the end. 
Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, and Lisa Tuttle is is not safe for anybody to read. <laughs> she is. I absolutely love her work. So I'm uh, really, yeah. really excited to to share that one with the audience. And that, yeah. real quick, I did just want to say that, you know, we've we picked out a few things, but we really do have an amazing roster of readers of all types. Um, because not every story needs, you know, the, the, either of the two things that we, of these two examples we've just given. We've got great uh, comedy readers or humorous, you know, they can always give a good humorous take. Uh, Dave Robeson, we can always, you know, rely on for gravitas. And I mean, I love and just to pull one out of nowhere, uh, um, uh, I who read it? Kim L- Lakin Smith. Uh, read Red Rubber Gloves for us back in 2013. And I mean, it's a piece of postmodern fiction. I, in retrospect, I don't know what the hell I thought I was doing, you know, even running that, but <laughs> handle it like a champ. You know, it, it's like, so we really, we, we are blessed with all the readers that we have. And we're oh. always trying out new people yeah. and trying to get new voices because we just want, we want we want it all. You know, we want we want everybody to to listen to this and each time go like, wow, oh, what a you know, not just what a great story, but what a great way to approach reading it. You know, so anyway, I, I felt that needed I do, to be said. <laughs> I think that's generally a really strong point of the escape artists, all of the podcasts, because some other fiction podcasts that you listen to, they more or less have the same readers every week. Yeah, because uh, they use their own team. Right. Mm. To, to, uh, uh, whereas we have dedicated readers, and we get some pretty cool people to read for us. Yeah. Yes. That's <laughs> Quite true. often. Yeah. Uh, you know. So. You know, starship captains and yeah, you know, people <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so it's pretty. Yeah, we have. Yes. It's pretty amazing. So- so um I guess we could probably round things out with uh Alex's nightmare inducing uh <laughs> entry which is uh, Alex thank you for giving me an excuse to read this I had never read the screwfly oh, solution mm, and you're I was I was floored I have to admit yes. like that last line just really just like I had to like actually go back, like I I rewound it. I was like, wait, 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 hold on, wait, what? <laughs> and I rewound it a couple times. I was like, oh my god, what a commentary! And oh. honestly, it's such a great story in and of itself. Um, that that's just sort of like the cherry on top of the Sunday because uh, you know it, it's James Tiptree Jr. You know, obviously we're gonna get good stuff. But this is also, um, I think it was uh, enhanced by uh, a, a sort of full cast recording yes. as well mm. with, uh, you know, uh, Tina Connolly, Eric Luke, Matt Franklin, Anna Schwind, Matt Weller, Rish Outfield, George Rod yeah. uh, coming back. And Jerry, uh, is it Jarius Durnett? Um, uh, yeah, Jarius Durnett. Durnett. Durnett or Durnett. I'm sorry if I'm- I- Apologies. Yes, apologies if I'm mista- mispronouncing it. Um, you can mispronounce yeah. my last name. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> get, get revenge on me. Uh, but yeah, so um, could you tell me a little bit about uh, getting the rights to this, uh, Alex? Because this is a fantastic story. 
Um, so one of the one of the things when when I I came on board uh, slushing, Sean and I regularly talked about. Okay, here's our wish list of of stories, and but there just wasn't enough time for one person to go do all of the you know chase the narrator, do all do work on the contracting, and you know help make sure that all the pieces are coming together. The slush. And, all of the back end stuff, you know, we have a much larger team now and it's vastly better. Like when I came on board, there was Sean and me and two other slushers mm-hmm. and then uh, Graham, our audio producer in Australia. So five total people on on the staff and now we're up to like 25 to help spread the load out. Um, but one of the things uh, we talked about was, hey, Here's our wish list of stories. And it's like, well, I'll go ask people. I got, I got no problems uh, sending emails out and trying to, to follow up with people and, and get rights uh, to stories because I only see it as a benefit to people with big back catalogs mm. to get a, a little piece of their fiction out there. You know, Hey, we're paying you to advertise your work. Mm. Um, you've got a massive back catalog that people can go buy um, you know, normally you have to pay for advertising. So, you know, th- this should be a no brainer. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> no brain <sighs> seems to be part of the uh, publishing industry. <laughs> the, the, the one that, that, that hurts my heart the most is, um, the agents for, for one of the foundational authors of cyberpunk, did not understand what the internet was. <laughs> part, of the, part of the request was, well, can you take this down after a month? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Or, or the, you know, the other classic quote, well, what's the print run? There is no print run, you know, it's, 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 it's not yeah. a physical object, you know? <laughs> so I, I had, I'd uh, read the story uh, in order to talk intelligently to the agent. I do way probably do way more prep than I need to mm-hmm. um, going and chasing the thing, these things. But I wanted to read the story so that I could talk intelligently about it and add a, a little hook, personalize a little bit more, try and um, get that. And I knew that I would need to do everything that I could to get a, a, the rights to this. When I, after I read it, I had nightmares. Like this story is one of the handful that's actually giving me, given me nightmares after reading the prose. Um, I don't read tip tree before going to bed uh, anymore, <laughs> but uh the Virginia Kid Agency, um, who handles the estate, is a fantastic organization to work with, and they understand our model and what we're doing, and they really like the extra um, exposure and reach. One of the the things, one of the conditions that comes with it is, you know, now that we purchase texts, they won't sell us the text, but they are happy to sell us the audio. Hmm. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I will yeah. include a little excerpt at the top. If you want to go read some of these classic pieces of horror fiction that, that we managed to uh, acquire and, and share with you, go to your library and request that it be added to to the collection. Um, yeah. 
I mean, we're, you know, we're not we're not assuming we're going to be able to get the rights to a Stephen King as much as we'd like to, but it would be great if Clive Barker's people read emails. You know, it would be really great <laughs> if Bradbury's people realized that, like, hey, you know, Bradbury's famous, but you know, like, people are going to start forgetting him unless you get him back out there again. You know, uh, to be to be fair, Barker's people do read emails. Barker <laughs> has just been screwed so oh, many yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. By a Hellraiser five, anybody? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> or you know, we we would love to do the uh, the the Allison Block, the two Jack the Ripper stories. I mean, that's been a dream of mine from forever. Uh, Toy for Juliet and um, whatever the Prowler, the City at the End of the World. Yeah, but you know, we it just it's probably not. Well, it may happen if we just get big enough. That's maybe the only thing it could be. I don't know because NPR has a damn fiction reading short story show, and you know nobody's stopping them. So <laughs> they also have a budget. Yes, well, that's there a is a little that bit too, uh, yeah. heftier <laughs> than ours. Yeah, yeah. I, I I am I am appreciative and I'm glad of the budget that we've got. I mean, oh we, yeah. We now pay every single creative on our staff. Everybody who does labor gets paid. And that's awesome. I don't know of anybody else who can say that, Um, at least out in our neck of uh, the woods. So it's not none of the payments are what people deserve. But we're 100 percent donation funded and we really appreciate everybody who subscribes and and sends us cash to help continue our champion, uh, our championing short fiction out there in the world. Excellent. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, it's 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 a lot of work. And uh, and I, I, I certainly appreciate what you're what y'all all of you all are putting out into the world so um i guess uh do we want to talk about uh i guess alex where can people find pseudopod i mean it's pseudopod dot uh, is it org pseudopod.org and that's p-s-e-u-d-o-p-o-d dot org Excellent. Yeah. I only make this point because uh, complaining about NPR, they have a, they, they often have, you know, like, you know, Verbio or something and they never spell it, you know, go to Verbio.com. And I'm like, well, how the hell are you supposed to spell Verbio? You know? And also, can't you hear it, Sean? Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I'm sure that they're hoping that, you know, but you know, you know, the way things are with like names, they could be V Y R, you know, Y B O or something, you know? Yeah. With all these apps and stuff. Uh, Kat, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, look us up on Twitter because, uh, yeah, we have, we have lots of fun on Twitter. We met, I mostly run the, well, uh, Alex, uh, Alex does like serious tweets and, uh, I mess around, (laughs) I mess around with cast of wonders and uh, podcastle and uh, and the other the rest of the team the escape pod uh we we kind of we often like mess around just chatting and pretending to be our respective kind of characters role playing yes. yeah that's kind Again, of what it is 
again, back, back, back to role playing. Uh, in, in, in fairness to White Wolf, I really loved playing Werewolf the Apocalypse. But that's also why I don't like werewolf horror stories anymore. <laughs> no, but you've just bought one. You bought one. Have yeah, you that's one? true. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we've yes. got. A, I just did the reading for we, it. We have to have the one werewolf a year. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is there a vamp? Did we have a vampire? We sort of did have a vampire. Oh yeah, we, you know yeah. we see, have them see, occasionally. See, yes. Alex, now, now <laughs> we got the vampire mummy. No, oh, yeah. Not, that's yeah, true. Not, yes. Now you have to yeah, do yeah, yeah. like one one per uh, White Wolf uh, storytelling game, right? <laughs> per year. <laughs> a vampire one, a werewolf one, a mage one. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah. I've actually – that's another one where I've tried to go and talk to people and the company's been sold and the property's been sold enough times. Like there is a short story that it's very – um, very cosmic horror, uh, suburban, you know, dissolution of the self that is in, uh, like the third edition World of Darkness, uh, handbook for like places. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I would love to run this story, but nobody, nobody has access to those rights. Yeah. And the people, the people that, the people that do don't understand what they've gotten. It's, it's, oh, I've spent so much time chasing that story. Oh. We would love to, uh, but yes, we, I, I, I think we could very comfortably say that, that we've got, um, the mage, mage is the hardest one for us <laughs> to, to, to cover because we yeah. try to not, you know, unless you want to go with the kind of big tent mage. <laughs> well, I mean, definition. Uh, Alistair Crowley did, just went into public domain, a bunch of Alistair Crowley short fiction. Did you, so, you did know. you ever, did you ever read their, um, the mage anthology, the, oh, what was it called? Uh, Truth Until Paradox. There was yeah. a, there was a Ch- uh, Charles Manson one. Oh. Which is like a Nefandus mage uh, type of thing going on there. That's, I guess, that's where it would co- uh, it would sort of uh, intersect with horror. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely had stories featuring kind of evil sorcerers. And 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 what to be was- fair, we we also uh, try to we keep our eyes out for really mm. good stage magician horror stories. <laughs> oh. Yes. But, because Al has so much fun with the end caps, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, because of was, his yeah. his history of of stage magic. And, and keep your eyes peeled for yet another installment in Sudapa's lo- love affair with baseball horror stories. <laughs> baseball yeah. horror? I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, oh yeah, okay. we did a baseball vampire story. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna run our second one coming <laughs> yeah. up. Oh. <laughs> All right. But yeah, all you right. know, yeah. It, it, it's funny because there's all kinds of ways that, that things fall off the radar. Like when Total Recall happened and all that, Phil, uh, the rights to all the Philip K. Dick stuff got snapped up and are just held by people under the hope that somebody's going to write a screenplay and they're going to go, yeah, okay, I own this. So, you know, you got to pay me, you know. And so that means I can't run, uh, you know, one for us Tempanauts, which is a wonderful story, a great science fiction horror story you know but can't do it you know so i guess that just leaves room for for other people <laughs> true it is true small yeah. timers <laughs> like myself no, true. <laughs> yeah, you know um <laughs> but in any well, case in, yeah oh, go ahead alex oh we, we 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 love showing you know new and old yeah we we try and show off that that depth and breadth and not just in 
um, you know, the, the, what the genre can provide, but also in time, um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. horror has been going on, you know, uh, Frankenstein's been out for a while and there's, <laughs> you know, so if we, if we just look at the last five years, you know, we're, we're not showing off everything that we can with the genre and there's some of the stuff that's really interesting to consider in the in the time of when it was written and how it influenced you know the people who are writing today this story Im- influenced what they're doing and and try and help draw that arc through mm. time so we 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 love i nothing nothing provides an editor more pleasure than taking a great story and somebody's like, this is my first professional sale. And it's like, yeah, it's not going to be your last. <laughs> yeah. Man. Excellent. Yeah. That is a great, that is honestly a great feeling on, on both ends. Actually. Yeah. I'm sure that uh, I, I know it from an authorial end, but also from an editorial end. it can't, it can't be uh, unpleasant to be like, yes, I, I broke this person out. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess, uh, we should probably wrap it up, uh, unless you guys want to stay here for another three hours and talk <laughs> more white wolf. Uh, Sadly, we, we always could, but we need well, beer I, for that. Yeah. But also it's gone 11 here. Yeah. So, uh. yeah, no, I, I got you. And meanwhile, I'm supposed to go get drunk. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I won't get in the way of that. Sean. <laughs> All right. So, um, I do want to, let's just go ahead and and repeat that. Uh, Folks, go ahead, uh, check everything that Pseudopod has out at pseudopod.org. And uh, nearly 800 episodes. I'm sorry, didn't mean to step on you there, but no, no, it's all good. Quite frankly, if you, if you can't find something that you like, (laughs) I I, I don't know if there's a hope for you, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, we have our 800th episode coming up, of course. Yes, that's Oof. right. Yes. Nice. Uh, so, a, an easy entry point for people. If you go over to our website, pseudopod.org, um, underneath there's a tab that says episodes. And underneath that is four new listeners. And that points you to a collection of stories. And we tried to make sure that covered kind of that broad spectrum. So... That's a, if, if we, we try to treat it as, you know, every episode is somebody's first. So you can start with the episode we put out last week, which is fantastic. We're doing our uh, 1926 public domain showcase. Uh, and uh, this past week was in No Bird Sings by E.F. Benson, something that, that's a whole lot of fun. And it has layers. There are layers in there if you want to look for it. But if you don't want to look for it, it's great monster punching squishiness that's right um <laughs> and we have we have agatha christie coming up at the end of this month oh nice. yes mm. excellent <clears throat> so the the new listeners page is a great spot if you don't just if you need to be curated and and and, and handed in however you want to enter we're here to support you and i'll be sure to include all the stories you provided uh for me uh, in our show notes as well, just as a Thank you. easy jumping off cool. point for anyone, any one of our listeners and anyone out there. Uh, so again, Sean, Kat, Alex, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Uh, thanks. Thanks I, for the invite, Carla. Yeah, thank you very yeah. much. Uh, thank you very much. We've had Alex, a great time. 
you're so good at numbers. Give give the give the download numbers we had for last year. <laughs> uh, we were over 1.5 million downloads in uh, 2021. And generally, uh, for, we a- average like 35,000 a week, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, at least amazing. that's where it, that's where it used to be. I think we're with 1.5 a year, we're, we got to be over that. Mm, um, right. Yeah. But uh, company-wide escape artists uh, broke 4 million unique downloads last year. So that that's just huge. So, um, that's a large number. Yeah. Well, um, and uh, of course, uh, all of you are invited back anytime you like. We can talk about it uh, (laughs) at some other point. But uh, I do want to thank you again. And thanks to everyone listening in uh, to this episode. Go check out pseudopod.org. And I'll thank you again for listening in to Podside. See you.